chapter four of yon of the windmill this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. yon of the windmill by juliana horatia ewing chapter four black eslans verin voolish the miller and his man it was a great and important time to abel when jan learned to walk but as he was neither precocious nor behindhand in this respect his biographer may be pardoned for not dwelling on it at any length he had a charming demure little face chiefly differing from the faces of the other children of the district by an overwhelming superiority in the matter of forehead mrs lake had had great hopes that he would differ in another respect also most of the children of the neighbourhood were fair not fair as so many north country children are with locks of differing but equally brilliant shades of gold auburn red and bronze but white-headed and often white-faced with white-lashed inexpressive eyes as if they had been bleaching through several generations now when the dark bright eyes of the little jan first came to be of tender interest with mrs lake she fully hoped and constantly prophesied that he would be as black as a rook a style of complexion to which she gave a distinct preference though the miller was fair by nature as well as white by trade jan's eyes seemed conclusive black as slans they be said his foster-mother and slans meant slowberries where mrs lake was born an old local saying had something perhaps to do with her views lang and lazy black and proud ver and voolish little and loud fair and foolish youngsters certainly abounded in the neighbourhood to an extent which justified a wish for a change as to pride meek mrs lake was far from regarding it as a failing in those who had anything to be proud of such as black hair and a possible connection with the gentry and fate having denied to her any chance of being proud or aggressive on her own account she derived a curious sort of second-hand satisfaction from seeing these qualities in those who belonged to her it did to some extent console her for the miller's roughness to herself to hear him rating george and she got a sort of reflected dignity out of being able to say my master's a man as will have his way but her hopes were not realized that yellow into which the beefsteak stage of jan's infant complexion had faded was not destined to deepen into gypsy hues it gave place to the tints of the china rose and all the wind and sunshine on the downs could not tan though they sometimes burnt his cheeks the hair on his little head became more abundant but it kept its golden hue his eyes remained dark a curious mixture for as to hair and complexion he was irredeemably fair the mill had at least one ver and voolish inmate by common account though by his own given in confidence to intimate friends he was not such a vool as he looked this was george sannel the miller's man master lake had had a second hand in to help on that stormy night when jan made his first appearance at the mill but as a rule he only kept one man whom he hired for a year at a time at the mop or hiring fair held yearly in the next town george or giarge as he was commonly called had been more than two years in the windmill and was looked upon in all respects as one of the family 
he slept on a truckle bed in the round house which though of average size would not permit him to stretch his legs too recklessly without exposing his feet to the cold for giarge was six feet one and three-quarters in his stockings he had a face in some respects like a big baby's he had a turn-up nose large smooth cheeks a particularly innocent expression a forehead hardly worth naming small dull eyes with a tendency to inflammation of the lids which may possibly have hindered the lashes from growing and a mouth which was generally open if he were neither eating nor sucking a bennet when this countenance was bathed in flour it might be an open question whether it were improved or no it certainly looked both verer and more voolish there is some evidence to show that he was lazy as well as lang and yet he and master lake contrived to pull on together either because his character was as childlike as his face and because if stupid and slothful by nature he was also of so submissive susceptible and willing a temper that he disarmed the justest wrath or because he was as he said not such a fool as he looked and had in his own lubberly way taken the measure of the masterful windmiller to a nicety george's most flagrant acts of neglect had never yet secured his dismissal indeed it really is difficult to realize that any one who is lavish of willingness by word can wilfully and culpably fail indeed i be a uncommon vool meister sartinly lubbered george on one occasion when the miller was on the point of turning him off as a preliminary step on the road to the gallus which master lake expressed his belief that he was sartin sure to come to and as he spoke george made dismal daubs on his beflowered face with his sleeve as he rubbed his eyes with his arm from elbow to wrist such a governor as you be too he continued poor mother she allus said i should come to no good such a gawney as i be no more i shouldn't but for you master lake a-keepin of me on given another chance sir do ee i be mortal stupid sir but i'd work my fingers to the bone for the likes of you master lake george stayed on and though the very next time the windmiller was absent his voolish assistant did not get so much as a toll-dish of corn ground to flour he was so full of penitence and promises that he weathered that tempest and many a succeeding one on that very eventful night of the storm and of jan's arrival george's neglect had risked a recurrence of the sale catastrophe at least if the second man's report was to be trusted this man had complained to the windmiller that during his absence with the strangers george instead of doubling his vigilance now that the men were left shorthanded had taken himself off under pretext of attending to the direction of the wind and the position of the sails outside a most important matter to which he had not after all paid the slightest heed and what he did with himself whilst leaving the mill to its fate and the fury of the storm his indignant fellow-servant professed himself blessed if he knew but few people are as grateful as they should be when informed of misconduct in their own servants it is a reflection on one's judgment and unpardonable as george's conduct was if the tale were true the words in which he couched his self-defence were so much more grateful to the ears of the windmiller than the somewhat free and independent style in which the other man expressed his opinion of george's conduct and qualities that the master took his servant's part and snubbed the informer for his pains 
in justice to george too it should be said that he stoutly and repeatedly denied the whole story with many oaths and imprecations of horrible calamities upon himself if he were lying in the smallest particular and this with reiteration so steady and a countenance so guileless and unmoved as to contrast favourably with the face of the other man whose voice trembled and whose forehead flushed either with overwhelming indignation or with a guilty consciousness that he was bearing false witness master lake employed him no more and george stayed on but for that matter master lake's disposition was not one which permitted him to profit by the best qualities of those connected with him he was a bit of a tyrant and more than one man six times as clever and ten times as hard-working as george had gone when george would have stayed from crossing words with the windmiller the safety of the priceless sales if all were true had been risked by the man he kept and secured by the man he sent away but master lake was quite satisfied with his own decision i bean't so fond myself of men as is so mortal sprack and fussy in a strange place the miller observed to mrs lake in reference to this matter mrs lake had picked up several of her husband's bits of proverbial wisdom which she often flattered him by retailing to his face too hot to hold mostly was her reply in knowing tones ay ay missus so a be said the windmiller and after a while he added gearge is slow sartinly mortal slow but gearge is sure End of chapter four